Hi, I am Nanji Nandan. I believe that sexual and gender-based violence is sustained by a culture of silence and the denial of the serious health consequences of abuse. This is why I'll be taking you on a ride into the deep dark world of the silent pandemic on silent voices. So, prepare for takeoff because your understanding to the deep dark world of SGBV starts now. But, 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 but we amplify the silent voices every Thursday, 6.30 p.m. on J101.9 FM with Nanji Nandang. I had two miscarriages during the process of this beating and beating. The silent voices speak, listen, and take action. Silent Voices is supported by the International Federation of Women Lawyers, FIDA, Plateau State, and Tear Fund Nigeria. My name is Musa Ashams. You're listening to Silent Voices with Nanji, the program that is against child abuse, domestic violence, rape, and all other nefarious acts. Do not abuse somebody's child. Yours too can be abused. Trust Nanji with your issues in case you are facing any of these issues. Silent Voices will address them. Silent Voices with Nanji Nandang here with you for the next hour on your premium radio station, J101.9 FM, here in the city of Joss Plateau State. And the time is 6.32 p.m. already. And today is the 11th day of February 2021. In 2012, the United Nations Assembly designated February 6th as the International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation with the aim to amplify and direct the effort on the elimination of this practice. So last week Saturday, we observed the international campaign with the theme No Time for Global Inaction, Unite, Fund and Act to End Female Genital Mutilation. But a lot of people were asking the question what is genital mutilation, female genital mutilation. And so to highlight this uh, evil practice, uh, which has series of health implications, uh, I want you to join me this evening as we discuss this issue. But I'm not doing it alone because I have FIDA in the house, tear fund, and a health expert on the table to do justice to this topic. So feel free to send your questions and contribute by calling us. Nigeria is rated 27th among countries in the world where female genital mutilation is practiced. To buttress this point, I got some voices of survivors online. And these voices is a characterization of women and girls between 
age 5 and 22. So they express themselves in a similar way. So pay keen attention as you listen. Very early in the morning, my mom just came to my door knocking. He said, Stella, 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 come outside, come and say something. I said, Mommy, what is it? And I said, come, come, come. They called me inside the bathroom. I saw so many people inside the bathroom. I was very surprised. I got asked, I said, Mommy, this is your friend. Why didn't come here for night? He can't tell me, say, since when they tell me, say, he wants to consign me that day. Martin said, I joke. I saw my bed, which she has prepared with red bed sheets, everything red. The woman who circumcised me also wear wet, with white hand gloves on his hand. They say I should sleep and pull off my clothes. He say if you refuse to lie down, we will force you to lie down. So my dad bring, bring some rope and tie me. So that my mother friend hold me for, so that my, my mother hold me for less. It's one fat, mighty woman that will sit on your chest. Then they close me and for mouth so that people know go here say they want to circumcise. So the nurse will not bring one small kitchen knife, one short one like this. So that is what she will use to cut up the cleaning. Collected a razor blade from my sister and, and circumcised me. My sister then used to call me and they team been pain me. So I do parenting, I fight with them too. So I don't come cut me. As I was fighting, nearly the half of the bathroom side fell down since I was struggling with the woman. And I cut my clitoris away. As they cut in, I bleeded. When they were circumcising me, when I was going through the pains, my mother was there looking at me and I was looking at her. I asked my mama, I said, Mommy, now you tell me you cut me. He said, now they are culture. I said, Mama, cut her. What just came inside my mind, I said, May God forgive my parents because they don't know what they are doing. My mother tell me, say, when they circumcise to night, you don't change to woman. How can they remove this part from my body? They say it's tradition. Which type of tradition? That night, all of them didn't sleep because I was crying the whole of that night. Silent Voices is supported by the International Federation of Women Lawyers, FIDA, Plateau State, and Tearfun Nigeria. those are the voices of genital mutilation survivors here in Nigeria. So I keep asking why? Why? And these people are asking the same question. I mean, the survivors ask the same question. You're wondering why their parents did that to them. Well, to highlight their pain, I have with me in the studio this evening, Barista Nankus Fiaktu, a legal practitioner from the International Federation of Women Lawyers, FIDA, Plateau State. Uh, welcome, ma'am. Yeah, thank okay. you. I also have Mr. John Amos Fakunle, yeah. yes, a program manager with Scripture Union West Africa, SUA, a partner of Tier for Nigeria. Welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here in the studio. Yeah, thank you. I also have Noskizito Ndak, a public health expert working with the Plateau State Hospital Management Board. Welcome, sir. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. I'm so happy to have you on the table this evening. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Let's start with you, Noskizito. You know, from what they have said, genital mutilation, which is also called uh, female circumcision, right? Yeah. Uh, what is this? Because a lot of people were asking, uh, what is the meaning of female genital mutilation? Yeah, from the medical point of view, when you talk about female genital mutilation, by way of definition, the World Health Organization defines it as the partial or complete removal of the female genital organ. And this female genital organ, the external portion is made up of different parts. You have the vaginal opening, the urethral opening, the labia minora, the labia majora, and you have the... The, the clitoris and it is the way they do it it's in four types mm. like and depending on the region the person is coming from because you know and you know one thing i must say is people tend to link it to a particular part especially in this country but research has shown that there is no geopolitical zone that you don't have people with issues related to female genital mutilation it is 
in on a higher side in the southwest and in the north the uh, southeast and in the south-south, the northwest, quite smaller in the north-central and in the northeast. But then, as I said, it is divided into four types and different parts of the region, you know, uh, uh, tend to practice it based on what suits them. Basically, in Africa, there are 29 countries that practice this female genital mutilation and part of Asia. And because of migration and immigrants, they found themselves in even part of Europe, North America, Latin America, and other parts because as they travel abroad, they still practice it in their family. So that is how this practice have migrated to those parts of the world. Now, I did make mention of the types. Like... The, the, the first one is clitoridectomy, which is basically the removal of the clitoris of the female. They remove that particular clitoris of the female organ. Then there is excision, the removal of the clitoris root, and plus some part of the labia minora. Remember I did say that the female genital organ, the external part is made up of some parts. And the infibulation, the third type, it's the removal of all the external female genital organ and leaving part, small portion of opening for the urine to pass and for blood to flow. Then the unclassified, which they use to either burn through burning, piercing or cutting or scraping the whole genital organs. So all these things, medically, at the end of the day, the person passed through a lot. Bleeding, pains, and other things. get to that, yeah. what do they use to... The instruments are razor blade, knife, broken glasses, and uh, the one they used to cut nails, or even uh, if you go to a part of the north, there is, these people will call them the wanzam. These people that we use, they use their own knives to shave people's head and other things. So different equipments for different regions. It could be a razor blade, it could be a knife, it could be a broken glass, it could be whatever instrument they know they can make use of it. Okay, before we get to the why, why people do that, I want uh, you, Barista, tell us what the per, uh, vi um, Violence Against Persons Prohibition Act is saying about this particular act. Well, that is okay. The Violence Against Human Persons Act has now criminalized the act of uh, female genital mutilation. Because prior to now, we had the Constitution, which prevents and discourages degrading treatment to all human beings. But, you know, the Constitution was not specific. It just says that in Section 34 that all human beings have the right to their human dignity and nobody should be subjected to torture or any ill human treatment. Then coming down to the Child Rights Act, which was passed in 2003, that one too captured it in a general form. It spoke about, you know, violence against all forms of violence against human beings persons. All these laws were not specific. But with the coming of the VAP Act, it was so specific because NGOs, lawyers, women, NGOs, and anti-FGM campaigners, you know, rallied around and started advocating that we need a law that will specifically mention FGM and criminalize it as an offense, not that it will just be captured as all forms of violence because it's not, it now makes it easy for perpetrators to escape. They will just hide under the guise that it's just a cultural thing. Mm. They will now talk about it as a violation of human rights. But with the coming of the verb, you know, it's expli it explicitly condemns the issue of uh, female genital mutilation and it criminalizes it. It provides for punishment for perpetrators and even people who ate, for example, the lady that was speaking said somebody held her mm. so that she could be circumcised. So the law frowns at this and does not spare even the abettors, people who are now helping out. The so what is the punishment? Your, so the punishment that is provided for under VAP is a term of imprisonment of not less than four years or a fine of 200,000 or bots. Mm. So it depends on the circumstance. That will now be left at the discretion of the judge. So the judge who can either grant an imprisonment of not less than four years or gives a fine of 200,000 or even gives give bots for any offender. So it's a very serious offense. It's a serious violation of the human rights. And okay. it's very obnoxious and very crude in this 21st century. There are also other international legislations to whom Nigeria is a, a, a Nigeria has also ratified those laws, like the CEDA, that's Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Violence Against Women. Okay. So 
let's get to the why. Mm. Uh, Mr. Fakunle. Yes. Let's talk about how this practice evolved. Even though a health practitioner has done justice a bit, he has touched part of it. Mm. I would like you to tell us how it evolved and why it is practiced. Well, um, uh, female genital mutilation uh, came about as a form of uh, sexual gender-based violence. And... um, it's one of the harmful cultural practices that we have in various communities. And the people within the communities look at it as something that they have been doing. And if they've been doing it in the past years, there's nothing wrong in them continuing. So issue of uh, female genital mutilation cuts across uh, social uh, economic status, geographical, and even uh, whether urban and rural, there are places that this is being practiced. And if you ask uh, people why it is being practiced, they give you several reasons. Some will tell you that it's something they've been doing over the years, so they see no reason why it should be stopped. Some elderly women will tell you that when they were young, it was practiced on them, so they, it should be continued. And basically for those that practice it, they have a lot of reasons. Some of the reasons they say that it gives the young girl or those that uh, being uh, initiated into this FGM, it gives them uh, recognition and respect. Being able to go into uh, go in that process, and some said it makes the young girls to be uh, initiated into womanhood. That is, they arrive for womanhood, they arrive for marriage. Some said it makes them to be pure and clean. Some said it brings honor to the family, and that also attracts good dowry to the family because in that culture, if that practice is not done, that it, it doesn't yield good profit to the family when it comes to marriage and when dowries have been paid. And um, for some also, that it gives the family dignity and honor and respect. So for those who don't do it, they look at them as outcasts or people who don't really belong to the social, uh, cultural status of where they belong to. So these are some of the reasons why some people do this. And um, some say it also makes them to be uh, respected wherever they are, within the communities and outside the community, most especially the parents. The fathers look at it as, uh, as a respect when their daughters are able to go into uh, this process. Okay. Yeah. Now, Skizito, yeah. what are the health complications of this act on a woman? Yes, the health complication, uh, com- uh, complication of uh, female genital mutilation ranges from the short-term effect to the long-term effects and the psychological effects. Now, on the short-term effect, after the uh, mutilation, it's bleeding. You know, they bleed because most of the region in the, the genital area is made up of a lot of blood vessels and there is pain. And some of them could even bleed that can lead to what we call hypovolemic shock. If you bleed to an extent that, you know, the blood level is to a certain is low, you can even go into coma. And injury to nearby uh, genital organs like the anus and the, the, the urethra where the urine pass through. And, you know, that some even pass through pelvic uh, fracture because... The other story, the lady was talking of how she was struggling as they were trying to cut her. In that aspect, they tend to have surgery. So some, some, some form of injuries that is related to the pelvics. Now, the long-term effect is infection because if you look at most of the people that does that, even though there are medical personnel, doctors, nurses, community health workers, traditional bed attendants that have been implicated as people that have even aid in doing this type of uh, mutilation for the female gender. Now, we talked about infection because by the time you have one, two, three persons and they are using the same knife or razor blade or surgical blade to do the mutilation and possibly they don't sterilize it and use it on this person, you transmit it to this person, anybody that have any form of, uh, you know, communicable disease or like HIV AIDS, they can transmit it to the other person. Now, stricture of the perennial parts, you know, because of the scar that might be formed after the wound is healed. Then we talked about two important health effects, the vesico-vaginal fistula, whereby there is an injury on the bladder or where the urine passes, and you see a lady walking, and she will be passing urine without even knowing. 
And it, it, I know in Plateau State we have VVF Center at uh, Bingham University Chingos School. So most of the ladies that pass through that, and one of the major cause of the VVF is the female genital mutilation. Apart from early introduction to sex or early marriage, then we have the rectal vesicle fistula, whereby there is an injury to the passage of the uh, digestive system, whereby you know, people pass through, you don't even know because of the injury sustained as a result of the female genital mutilation. Then we also talk about uh, uh, obstructed, obstructed labor because as a result of you trying to do such things, if the person have injury, especially in the pelvis, it will be difficult for that woman to give birth. Then the psychological part of it is depression, of course. You the lady was complaining about why should they remove part of her body. Now, if she doesn't have somebody that will get to talk to her to accept that as a challenge, that she needs to overcome it, time is coming that she could be depressed, you know, and there is anxiety disorder, and there is adjustment disorder in most of the people that have undergo this type of female genital mutilation. So at the long run, at the long run, most of them, in as much as uh, uh, Oga had earlier made mention of how the family are looking at the interest they will get if they do not do it to the lady. Now, when she gets to grow up and she understands that there are laws backing all these things as the barrister has highlighted, she tends to look at herself and regret why they did that to her. And if she cannot handle that particular kind of emotions in her, it can turn out to resolve back to what we call post-traumatic stress disorder. And she can be depressed and she will even lose interest on who she is, low self-esteem. She doesn't look at herself as that real woman that she wanted to be. So all these things as we're talking now, it goes a long way in affecting them. But by the time they speak out to many people that tend to know about this, you tend to encourage them and, you know, you, you know try to tell them that no it is not the end of life you can still achieve whatever you plan to achieve in life okay thank you for that if you just tune in silent voices with nanji nandang is the program on your number one radio station j11.9 fm so join in by calling us or dropping your comments on our facebook page at www.facebook.com slash jfm joss and twitter and instagram at jfm joss uh, we want to know what you know about FGM. Let's share this knowledge together. Well, uh, back to you, Barista. Okay. In many countries, FGM is increasingly carried out by trained health experts in violation of the oath, do not harm. One in three uh, adolescent girls, 15 to 19 years, who have undergone FGM were caught by health personnel. They call it medicalization. So, Barista, is this legal? No, at all. It's not legal in any form. As I earlier said, the ground norm, even without the coming of the VAP law, the ground norm of our, uh, of our law in this nation, which is the 1999 constitution as amended, has prohibited, prohibited all forms of torture. FGM is a form of torture. It's a form of violence in its own because the woman suffers a lot. She suffers emotional, physical torture. She suffers all forms of, you know, mental issues and the rest of them as a result of this FGM. So FGM has been condemned by our law as a form of torture which should not be allowed, especially in this 21st century. So, so health experts that are caught doing this? Yes, they are called people who are, they are now abetting that offense. They are supporting those girls to do the uh, female genital mutilation or supporting their parents or the community or whoever is sponsoring that particular act. So they are also going to be bound by this law and they are also going to be punished. The provision for their punishment is that when they support this act, they can be fined a sum of 100,000 and they can also go for two years imprisonment. Mm -hmm. That's when they are supporting. So they are not left out. It's totally criminal, especially with the recent law. It's very clear. The VAP Act has basically captured it as an offense. So this, the, the, the saying that ignorance of the law is not an excuse, it's still very valid. So you cannot continue doing such and expect that you'll be exonerated for whatever reason. It's a criminal offense. That's the current position. Okay. And when you're caught doing that, the problem we have is people hardly report such issues. There's no reportage, so you find out that conviction rates are even very 
minimal and very, very low. I was going to ask you the question. In Nigeria, about 20 million women and girls have been mutilated, and this figure represents 10% of the global total. That is, uh, what is, what this figure means in essence is that one out of every 10 mutilated girl or woman in the world is a Nigerian, and yet there has been no conviction. Yes. How yes, true that's because FGM thrives in secrecy. It's not something that is done openly. And you know, even those people doing it, I know that within their conscience, they know that something is wrong with this, even without the law. Even without the law criminalizing it, there's just something wrong about it. That's why they don't do it openly. It thrives in secrecy and you're supposed to keep it quiet. You know, it's just within the family, just within the community. Nobody goes out with it. Even the girl who is a victim will find it very difficult to report her parents or to go and speak to authorities about what her parents have done to her you know so that's the problem we are having it drives the secrecy and nobody is opening up it's not as if the law is not there but if you don't open up how does the law come in how does the law now you know because most times it's perpetrated by family members but by people you know so the victims find it difficult to even come out it's just similar to rape they hide it and they shield it okay and when they don't come out there's nothing the law can do mm -hmm. about it so after the act has been done, can mm. the victim come out, speak very up, well. and can, they, well. can you take well. action immediately Very after? well, very okay. well, she, because the evidence is there, okay. you know, her physical, her uh, private part, everything, the signs, the symptoms, and you the injury, even and if, the damage. Even if it was done 10 years before she reports? Yes, okay. you know, it's a criminal offense, she can still report it. She okay. can see, but the problem is that if she is reporting and uh, something that was not a crime as at that time, you know, the law does not apply in retrospect. Mm -hmm. For example, this particular verb that was passed recently in 2015, if the crime was before 2015, there's no way you can go and drag the law. It can only apply when the law criminal within the period that the law has criminalized. Okay, let's take yes. this call. We have our first okay. caller. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. Your name and where you're calling from? I'm um, calling from Manyango. Okay, go ahead. Uh, please, I want to understand the difference between an adult woman that passes through FGM in their sexual emotions, then between them and the ones that have not passed through the FGM. Please, take it again, sir. I want to understand, is there any sexual emotion difference between an adult woman that has passed through FGM and an adult woman that has not since FGM? Okay, thank you so much for your question. We will do justice to it immediately. No, Skizito, you should address that. Yeah, you know, as we earlier said that different community, different geopolitical zones and countries have reasons why they, 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 they do uh, mutilate their female uh, folks. And one of the reasons they said is once they mutilate them, it, 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 it keeps them clean and it makes them to have low empathy for the opposite sex. But research has shown that that does not apply. But you know, when somebody is growing up, whatever you inculcate in that person, psychologically you're programming the person's mind. And if it, they, they take that to heart, when they grow up, definitely, if they get to know all these things we're saying, their sexual orientation will change. There are some that will even lose interest in the opposite sex, or they will not even enjoy it because they feel that particular part of the body is not complete. But there are some that are into promiscuity because of this particular FGM. So you cannot really open up and say that this is the actual uh, effect psychologically on the person. It depends on the person and the orientation of the person and how the person view that particular thing that was done to him, you know, when while growing up or while he or she was still an adult. But every community have a reason why they do that particular type of uh, female genital mutilation. When Oga was talking about high bride price and other things. So there are different reasons for different people and different settings, but you cannot categorically come out to say that this is it. Actually, the clitoris we talked of is one of the aspects of the female genital organ that, you know, it stimulates women, you know, to, 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 to get arousal for their opposite part. But, and if it is taken off, if they don't have another part of the body that they can really get that urge, it might be difficult for them 
to fall, you know, have the urge for the opposite counterpart. But as I said, it varies. Okay, thank you so much for that. I hope we have done justice to your question. But uh, we have a lot more for you this evening on Silent Voices. So stay tuned. We'll be right back shortly after this break. Silent Voices is supported by the International Federation of Women Lawyers, FIDA, Plateau State, and Tearfund Nigeria. Welcome back, and the program is Silent Voices with Nanji Nandang on J11.9 FM. So far, we've been doing justice to the topic female genital mutilation. And I have with me in the studio this evening Barista Nankus. Uh, Nos Kizito and Mr. Fakule, they're all doing their work. Welcome once again, lady Thank and you. gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, if you just tune in, you can join us on our Facebook at www.facebook.com slash jfmjoss and Twitter, Instagram at jfmjoss. You can also call us on 90 6666 or 90 We have Sunday podcast on Facebook who says, Dump up to guests in the studio. Nigerian government should pass a law under the human rights law for severe punishment from any parent in involved in female genital mutilation. Thank you so much for that. Do well to keep your comments coming because we are going to do justice to them all. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. It's good. Radio Mama. I don't know who's calling from right here. Oh, good welcome, Radio Mama. There. Thank you. Um, I'm listening to them. All the reasons they advance is true. But there's another reason. In my own community, it's their mouth in Imoste. The main reason why they used to do they say that if a woman, a woman a female is not uh, concise, that she will go after men. You know, so that's, that's that the That she's not one. Mommy, come again. That she will go after men. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. that is what they say. Yes, when you when you are not circumcised, that's what they say. But then I find it ridiculous because mm. I was not, and I was born in the fifties. Then my mother was enlightened and also educated. You know, mm. so it depends. You can be educated and not informed. Mm. That's the problem. And not enlightened. And then you can imagine then when it was that it was compulsory, but she was able not to do it to any of us. And because of that, I I I am informed too, and I am not doing it. I did it to my daughter. She had a problem with it. But now it's no longer there because what is Thank you so much for your comment and contribution this evening, Madam Ada. We appreciate. Let's talk to Mr. Fakunle. What is uh, SUA doing to educate people at the same time curb this uh, practice in Nigeria? Well, SUA, alongside other telephone partners, we uh, implement SGBV programs in the community. And basically what we do is we do a lot of advocacy. We do sensitization to faith leaders and community leaders. We also uh, reach out to young people in schools to let them know the negative effects of uh, uh, female genital mutilation. And um, basically in the community, we carry out uh, community dialogue sessions, SDBV community dialogue sessions, which uh, gives room for the men and the women to discuss on several issues around SDBV. And uh, one of the major issues is the issue of uh, harmful cultural practice. So um, we do this in such a way that the men will meet for five weeks. The women will meet for five weeks looking at different aspects of SDBV issues affecting them, affecting their homes, affecting the community. And the sixth week, both the women and men will come together to discuss the challenges they've had and uh, the way forward. And we've had uh, instances where uh, the men during their interactions over the weeks wrote letters about the negative uh, things they think they have done to women unknowingly. Some, some said they inherited those knowledge, those cultures, and they just moved on with it. While the women on their own part also came up with issues that they think uh, men should know about them that men did not know. 
So that six week is uh, we call it celebration where mo- uh, both parties come together and forge a way forward, look ahead on how the future will be like. So, are there communities in Plateau State that practice this um, female genital mutilation in the course of your work? Well, we've had, I would say, uh, specifically we have uh, communities that practice that, but we have uh, isolated cases of maybe people that reside within specific communities that have gone through that or they have uh, done FGM on their children. But we, what we know is that it happens and it's also on the increase in different parts of the country. But um, in Plateau, I know there may be some isolated cases, but it's not as wide as we have in the southwest, southeast, and uh, south south, just as uh, Noskizitu has mentioned. Okay. So a lot of advocacy is needed to all that, all that, uh, all stakeholders, so that the difference will be made. Okay. Yeah. Fida. Mm. Yes. Well, what like he? Okay. What What are you doing okay. to help curb this? Oh, like he rightly pointed out, is really not a practice that is too common in Plateau State. Mm. FIDA is in so many communities in Plateau State, uh, at times, most times in collaboration with our partners, but then we've not heard of any... Let me hold your chain of thoughts there. Let's take this call. Okay. We'll get back to that. All, All right. right. Hello, good evening. Oh, do well to call us back if you can, 90 or 90 Let's hear you. Yes, Sorry. so like I was saying... Female genital mutilation is not a common practice in Plateau State, even though I can't really say that we don't have one or two isolated cases like you pointed out. But in all our community outreaches, we've not encountered that complaint because we're always meeting women at grassroots level. Is there hardly any community in this Plateau State that we've not gone to? And whenever we're hearing their complaints, you know, we don't hear of such complaints. We hear of rape, we hear of domestic violence, we hear of disinheritance, we hear of other harmful cultural practices. But personally speaking, nobody has ever come out to complain that he has any issue with a female circumcision or that he was circumcised and he's now affected. In all our discussions, we've not encountered even a single case but then we cannot say for sure that there is no one or two isolated cases. But in general, we capture it under violence against this human person. persons, under okay. violence against women. So we okay. talk to them about violence in a very general form, whether it is beating, whether it is circumcision, whether Anyhow. it is torture, whatever it is, it is a form of violence. Okay. Hello, good evening. Hello, evening. Yes, your name and where you're calling from. My name is Mariam. I'm calling from Lincoln. Okay, go ahead, Mariam. Um, people should be enlightened about the dangers of this thing because everything is going with time. We are now in a digital life, so that fear has already gone. So that's all my. Oh, thank you so much, Maria. We appreciate your comments. 90 or 90 You can do well to drop your comments on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash jfmjoss and on Twitter and Instagram at jfmjoss. Hello, good evening. Yeah, good evening, uh, Nanji and the guests. This is Ignatius from Tila Junction. Okay, go ahead, I sir. think in some places, this thing is done openly. Because I remember when I was growing up, where I was staying dead, there was a girl who was circumcised then. It was an open ceremony. It was really an open ceremony. They gathered, they organized a kind of uh, party. And the girl was circumcised. And nobody, nobody objected, nobody said anything. So the problem is not whether it is done in secret or not. It's that people don't complain. They appreciate it. Very much. Just as Madame Bata said, one of the reasons they always give for those whom we have met, they always tell you that when just as a concise, they don't go after men, you know, you make, they are not promiscuous. They just, I mean, that is the reason, that is the reason, most, the, I mean, the number one reason parents give to their children. And some of these girls have bought into this, uh, this obnoxious reason that when you are a concise, you will not go after men. But for those who have had relationship with some of these girls, they tell you that they don't enjoy their relationship. You understand now mm. that they, they don't give, the girls don't get from there what they're supposed to get, and then they say don't get from these girls what they're supposed to get. So I think people need to come out and complain. 
And we need to also educate people so that they will know that this thing is very dangerous because I know of communities that some guests even died mm. because of doing that. I mean, you just need to tell people the danger of it, the implications. Thank you very much. Please, uh, wait, oh, wait. Oh, oh, we missed that. Hello, good evening. Oh, do well to call us back if you can. 90 or 90 We have JD Gang on Facebook who says, Good evening, Nanji and our guest in the house. It is unfortunate for some of these parents that mutilated their female children in the name of culture. Even God will not be happy with them. Honestly, the government should have a law whenever there are cases like this. Hello, good evening. Do well to call us back 090-55-66-6699 or 090-988-48848. Hello, good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello, Salam. Good evening. Okay. Where are you calling from, Mr. Usman? Okay, go ahead. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for calling, Mr. Osman. Hello, good evening. Oh, do well to call us back 090-55-66-6699 or 090-9884-8848. Well, you can also drop your comments on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash jfmjoss and on Twitter and Instagram at jfmjoss. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening, Nangi. Good evening, ma'am. And good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Caroline from Rock Heaven. Okay, go ahead. Yes, my contribution is we should also intensify efforts to talk to our grannies because we've seen cases where the grandma came to take care of the child and the mom went home, went out, and by the time she's back, the grandma has circumcised the baby. Wow. Yes, it's still happening, but people are not talking about it. Very true. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. We appreciate your contribution this evening. Zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero nine zero nine Hello, good evening. Oh, we just lost that. Do well to call us back. Hello, good evening. Thank Hello, you. good evening. Thank you. Good evening. Yes, your name and where you're calling I'm from. I'm Esther. I'm Esther calling from Kizom. Okay, go ahead, ma'am. Uh, this is for the male genital circumcision system of concern. I remember when we were growing up in our area, just like the other caller said, on the naming ceremony, and when the girls placed the little baby to cut off the genital, it was so competitive. Then we would cry as children and ask our parents why they doing this. And they say this tradition because the people are more of house at that time, the day of the naming ceremony, early in the morning, just like they circumcised the boys on the seventh day. I just believe that there's some spiritual something attached to this thing for those people that are doing this. I just say that the church too should be part of this, enlightening people about the dangers of this. It should not be the government all the time. Even the religious leaders too should take up this case and enlighten people, organize the program for parents, to teach parents the dangers of doing this as a contribution. Thank you so much. We appreciate your contribution this evening. So now, Skizito. Is there a link between FGM and HIV infection? Is there a possibility? Very well. You know, depending on who did the FGM for the, 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 the female gender, I did say that uh, whether it's a traditional birth attendance or it is the medical personnel, so long as you do it and the equipment is not well sterilized and is infected, or you have two, three, four people that are undergoing that particular mutilation at the same time, and eventually they use the same equipment. Imagine that one of the, no matter how old the person is, and one is infected, not only HIV, there are a lot of sexually transmitted infections that can be transmitted from one person to another. So once the equipment is not well sterilized, you know that it can be transmitted to the other person. And tetanus has been found to be one of the, that's that effect of, uh, on health, on people that have undergone uh, uh, female genital mutilation. Because by the time the bacteria is on that particular equipment that is being used, whether it is a knife, a razor blade, or a, a broken glass, or a, a surgical blade, and you, you incise somebody with that particular equipment, the tetanus 
will get to the person and the person will get infected with that particular uh, type of infection. So quite a number of infections, it could be bacterial, it could be viral, it could be fungal, depending on what it is obtainable on that particular person. Say so yes, HIV has been linked strongly with female genital mutilation. Okay, let's take this call. Hello, good evening. Hello. Hello, good evening. Oh, do well to call us back 090-556-66699 or 090-9884-8848. We have um, other people from Facebook and Twitter, but before then, let's take this call. Hello, good evening. Good morning. Good evening. It's evening. Okay. Yes, good evening. good evening. Your name and where you're calling from. I am Gino. I am from Bokosokal, Okay, go ahead. Or oh, do well to call us back zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. We have a few people on our Facebook. Do well to drop your comments as we pick them one by one. JD Gang says good evening, Nanja and our guests in the house. It's very unfortunate. Oh, we've taken this. Um, we have Godwin Deshi who says. Uh, I commend the guests in the house. Government should try and create awareness so that people will know the danger and the effect of genital mutilation. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name and where you're calling from? My name is Okay, go ahead. I just called the mic. Can you turn down the volume of your radio set? Yes, go ahead. I just called the mic. I appreciate you if you talk to Okay, uh, we are discussing female genital mutilation. So do well to join in and ask questions so that we can discuss this together. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Yes, good evening. Your name and where you're calling from? My name is Chris. I'm calling from South Africa. Oh, go ahead, Mr. Chris. Yes. Oh, do well to call us back, Mr. Chris. We would love to hear from you. 090-55-666699 or 090-9884-8848. Um, before we take the last comments, let's take this. Hello, good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Fine, thank you. Your name and where you're calling from? I'm calling from Fentin. My name is Jan. Jan Luka. Okay, go ahead. Hello? Yes, go ahead. We're listening. Hello? Hello? Oh, do well to call us back 090-55-666699 or 090-9884-8848. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Yes, good evening. Your name and where you're calling from? My name is Lorat. I'm calling from Vom. Okay, go ahead, sir. Yeah, I just want to know the reason why... Um, Ethnic, um, what do you call it? Some tradition. I want to know why they become female circumcision. Okay. Somebody could enlighten us on that. Don't worry. Our guest will handle that shortly. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Oh, do well to call us back. So, Mr. Falconle. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, no, you know, it, it, it has been established that this is an old practice that was passed down from generation to generation. So depending on the region the person is coming from, it's, you, you just come out and you discover that uh, your, your, your great-grandparents have been doing certain things in the community or in the family, and you inherited it, and you keep it moving. And, you know, it's, as I said, the people's mind has been programmed. But thank God for education and the enlightenment we're doing now. Things are changing. Even in our own immediate culture, there are things that maybe we, know, we don't do again. But all these things are limiting beliefs, so to say. Because at the end of the day, you discover that the implication or the consequences of doing it outweigh the advantages of doing it. And no matter how they try to, 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 to term it and polish it to look good in the eyes of whoever that wants to do it, it doesn't add up well. For the whole world to come out and come up with a law that you shouldn't do it, and if you do it, you will be punished. It 
goes to say that in all ramification, that particular act is bad. But as we said, it's something that has been in existence from time immemorial and passing through generations to generations, and people are inheriting it, and some people are still practicing it. So it's a cultural belief and a limiting belief, so to say. Okay, thank you so much for that. Well, before we go, let's take your last comments, Miss. Um, okay, my last comment. Sorry, yes, go okay. Ahead. My last comment will be for you know, it's just a clarion call for. NGOs, public interest lawyers, civil society organizations to come out in mass and create public awareness, even in the rural areas and even in the cities. So many people are unaware of what is going on and are unaware of the existing law. So they need to create awareness and then also mount pressure for their legislative members. That's for states that have not yet domesticated the VAP law mm -hmm. to do so. You know, because it will go a long way in curbing this particular offense. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Let's take your comments. Mr. Yeah, Fahmy. for me, uh, my last comment will be that uh, we all have a part to play. Uh, the legal, the medical, the civil societies, the NGOs. We need to find a way to break the silence. People should be able to meet to talk. There are a lot of harmful cultural practices that, that are there apart from uh, female genital mutilation. So let's speak out against this since most of them have been criminalized. So let's speak out. And um, people should not think that, that it's, it has nothing to do with them. It's not, it's not their business. Maybe someone's business today, tomorrow, it may be your turn. So we should be able to speak out. I always encourage people, when you see something that is wrong, say something and do something. Okay. Yeah, lastly, I want to encourage any, anybody that have passed through this, if you've been mutilated before, do not allow that to weigh you down. And if you feel as if you are depressed and you feel bad about yourself, your self-esteem, go to a therapist, get to talk to them. Never allow it to be a reason why you cannot do what you're supposed to do on earth. Okay. Thank you all for joining me this evening. I appreciate your contribution. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. If you just tune in, Silent Voices is the program on your number one radio station, J101.9 FM. And we have l discussed female genital mutilation. So you can catch the podcast of uh, this episode on any of the podcast uh, platforms you have or you can also follow us on um, instagram facebook and twitter search for silent voices with nanji we are on facebook too so that we can keep the conversation going in case you are depressed and in case you want to report any rape or any problem in your society sgbv problem you can send a text to 080 8021386513 to report any problem. Do well to keep the society safe by speaking up and by encouraging others to speak up. Nanji Nandang is my name. Do have a wonderful evening. You've been listening to Silent Voices. You can follow Silent Voices with Nanji on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also share your story via Silent Voices with Nanji at gmail.com. Join me next week for another powerful conversation. Thanks for listening.